Jingle bells, jingle bells. It's songs like that that have been running through my mind for the last day or two. I've wrote 50, 50 Christmas cards. That sounds insane. We're in 2020, still writing Christmas cards. However, it's a lot of fun. Gotta send some love to the family, close friends. You know, Christmas cheer, especially in 2020 when there isn't a lot to cheer about. So, you got a grandma, a mom, a dad, a brother, sister, throw a Christmas card, why not? It's not expensive, and I'm sure when they open the card, see it, they'll smile and be happy they got one. Edge of your seat podcast, well, you know, send out some Christmas love, some Merry Christmas, as that comes closer. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, and we have tons to talk about. Kind of push some stuff from the last show, 142, to this episode, 143, because of time restraints. Apologize for these things that are going on, COVID-19 life and family, and man, there's not enough hours in the day, and I bet most of you are going through the same things. Educacy Podcast, apologize last episode for pushing shows, and hopefully that can stop. We get on some kind of routine schedule, so you know when to check us out, when to listen. Until then, please follow Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, for updates. I'm always updating the schedule, or I'll put it up there, and that's what it is until I change it. So, please bear with us, appreciate your patience, and always, always, always love the support. You listen to us, wouldn't be here without you, no doubt. On Facebook, I think I put it on Twitter too, for the month of November, we had hit... 1,299 downloads for the month. Well, got an email yesterday while I was at work stating, hey, we didn't add the outside sources to your account. So Spotify wasn't included. Apple wasn't included. Google wasn't included. Well, they're included now. For the month of November, we hit 2,200 downloads. 2,200 downloads insane thank you thank you for listening and keep listening and we're only gonna try to make the show better that number blows me away when we first started this i was like hey it's gonna be my mom some friends and we'll see what happens the guests that i've had on the people that have reached out to me wanting to be on the show that's special and the vibe the community we have here is something that doesn't happen everywhere so thank you for being part of that and we're gonna keep rolling with this and give you Edge of Your Seat Podcast to make you stay on the edge of your seat. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Again, much love. Now let's get to this show. We have Shimmer Mendota Ford's Ski Hartman on today. He was at Spring Valley Ford and is now at Mendota Ford as the General Sales Finance Manager. Great dude. I knew him through Princeton Wrestling. Did a couple stories with his daughter, Shaylin Hartman, who was a wrestler. Pretty good. Pretty good, too. She would have knocked me out. Not even kidding. She probably still could. Actually, I know she still could. But that's here nor there. Ski, great dude. He will be back on for sure. We were kind of rushed. He was driving home from work, and I had some things going on. So, had a good, like, 20 minutes to work with. We got a lot in, and he will be back on to talk even more because his sports background is long and story, and there's a lot to discuss there that we couldn't get to but this is awesome he'll be back in a week or two just to let you know ski will return i'll be back (laughs) listen to me laughing at myself i guess that's what happens on a wednesday night after crazy work schedules and just relaxing having fun doing a podcast it's a beautiful thing first we gotta talk about nfl football this segment is brought to you by shimmer mendota ford A community dealership that is here for you. First, week 13. Yes, it is Wednesday. Games ended on Tuesday. Stayed up late watching the Ravens and the Cowboys. Tuesday night football. Well, that's what I'll call it. Tuesday night football. And kind of a reason why shows got pushed a little bit. Because then I was exhausted by the time the game got over. But I wanted to see it. So what happens when you're a sports fan and you also host a podcast. Week 13, did not dive into the Bears' loss to the Lions because, honestly, 
broke my heart a little bit. On Sunday, at my sister's house, doing a late Thanksgiving, sister, mom, brother-in-law, my four nieces and nephews, and we're sitting at the table, and on my phone, I got the Bears game sitting there as I'm playing games with the kids. Well, the games ended, like, middle of the fourth quarter because I couldn't concentrate. They're like, Uncle B, Uncle B, let's play. Uh, right after I finished watching this game. And I did. I did get back to cards. I did get back to playing gestures, all that cool stuff with my nieces and nephews. I love playing games with them. They get mad that I beat them, but, you know, you can't let up and let them win because they're younger than you. Don't ever do that. Not cool. Anyway, fourth quarter. Bears, I believe, a pretty sizable lead. Doing well. I think the lead was 30-20. Sounds about right. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Maybe two and a half. The Lions drive pretty much the entire field and score a touchdown in like a minute and a half. Bears get the ball. Mitchell Trubisky fumbles. Lions score again and take the game 34-30. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. We knew the Bears weren't perfect. Weren't great. Defense, supposed to be spectacular, a really good unit. Didn't know what we were going to get out of a quarterback play. Quarterback play has been awful between Trubisky and Nick Foles, and it has crushed hopes and dreams. Well, now the defense isn't playing good either. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're overworked, which is about the same thing. Who knows? But they are not playing well. Hicks has been beat up a little bit. Khalil Mack is getting like double, triple teamed. Not the player that we saw two years ago that was getting everywhere. Not doing those things. Maybe they figured him out and are getting to him quicker. Guarding him. Not letting him get to the quarterback. Not letting him make those free open tackles. The defense looks pedestrian at best. The Detroit Lions, not even a good team. Actually one of the worst in the league. Now have the same record as the Chicago Bears at 5-7. and seven. So you're telling me that the Bears are equal or worse? I mean, they got to be worse since the Lions beat them. Worse than the Detroit Lions. I can't even fathom that. That just drives me crazy. How can we not stop anybody? Stop not just anybody. The Detroit Lions. It's not like they're offensive juggernaut. Yes, Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback. Doesn't have, doesn't have a lot of great skill players around him. They never have a running back. Curry and Johnson has been okay when he's playing, but he's been hurt. Their line is not that great, offensive or defense. How do you lose to the Detroit Lions in the fashion that you did? Blows my mind, but that is the everyday struggle of cheering, rooting for, being a fan of the Chicago Bears. Pick-wise, I didn't give them a lot of confidence points, but I'm like, hey, the Bears can win this. Well, I get the L because they didn't. Previously mentioned Matt Stafford. Went 27 of 42, 402 yards, three touchdowns. Even if you're an elite quarterback, you shouldn't be able to do that against a great unit. That is showing me that the Chicago Bears defense is depleting. Just saying. Saints and Falcons got this one correct in pick-em-wise. Saints defeated Falcons 21-16. Saints are now in the playoffs for sure. They got a lot. Browns and Titans. I went Titans thinking, hey... They got this. Browns are good, but not that good. Browns beat them 41-35, and they had a sizable lead. They had like a 20-point lead. Titans tried to make a comeback, a surge at the end there, but got the L there. There was no way I was going to pick the Browns over the Titans. Moving forward, the Browns may be a lock against middle-of-the-pack teams and you know everybody outside of the elite. The crazy thing about this season is who knows who the elites are. Pittsburgh loses to Washington, and we'll get to that. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders earlier in the season. It's crazy how the season has worked out. Very, very crazy. So I don't even know what elite means anymore. The Browns took the Titans 41-35. Dolphins beat the Bengals 19-7. Of course, I went Dolphins. That's my, like, secret love team. I don't know why. I've never really liked the Dolphins. But this year, there's something about them that I really like. Their defense is tough, aggressive, doesn't let you get much. Tua should be a good story. Love Ryan Fitzpatrick, the way he plays the game, the beard. <laughs> That's the guy. But Tua, 296 yards and a touchdown for the Dolphins. Vikings, 27. Jaguars, 24.
picked that one. I didn't think it was going to be that close. Jags have won one game, but they have lost, I think, four or five games by three, three to seven points, either a field goal or a touchdown. So they're like right on the verge of doing something awesome, but just can't get over that hump yet. It is a young team. We'll see what happens with the Jaguars. Raiders over the Jets, 31-28. Raiders had to have a last second, not the very last second, but the end of the game touchdown to beat the Jets, who have not won a game. I was really surprised about that. I don't know if it says more about the Jets and that they're trying to win games and they're trying to play and not sabotage a season that's already sabotage, it's already over. They're still trying to play, which I commend. Then you got the Raiders, who I thought were an okay middle of the pack team. I couldn't decide if they were high middle, low middle. Now they're just middle middle, just barely beating the Jets, who almost beat the Patriots a couple weeks ago. So the Jets are hanging on there. They're hanging on there trying to get a W. But Raiders took this one. I picked that one correctly. Colts 26, Texans 20. I went Texans just because of the egg the Colts laid last week. I went with the Texans just because I thought they had the momentum going for them. Deshaun Watson has been playing awesome football. And they had a shot to take this at the end. But Deshaun Watson sacked, fumbled at the end of the game right in the red zone. And the Colts take the ball, take the victory, crush Deshaun Watson and the Texans' hopes and dreams of a win. Yeah, they did. Got that one wrong. Rams 38, Cardinals 28. About the game that I thought it was going to be, I did pick the Rams. Cardinals are cool, sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Just thought Rams were a little better, and they are. This one super shocked me. Giants defeat the Seahawks 17-12. I knew the Seahawks offense was struggling. Russell Wilson trying to get help, trying to do stuff, and he's just getting crushed. And the Giants crushed him. Held him down pretty tightly. Big surprise of the week for me. Well, actually not the biggest. Not the biggest, but second. We'll say the second biggest surprise. Giants knocking off the Seahawks. Obviously got that one wrong because I never thought that would happen. Packers defeat the Eagles 30-16. I got this one right. Aaron Rodgers having an MVP-like season. Eagles are trash. Got an L here, Patriots 45, Chargers 0. Patriots have been so hot and cold, you never know what to do. Chargers got some players off of injuries and just thought, you know, they got some players back, they'll be better, they'll be able to knock off the Patriots, who you never know who you're going to get. Well, we got the best version of the Patriots and the absolute worst version of the Chargers, 45-0, I'll take the L. This is the biggest surprise of the week, Washington football team knocks off the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. 23-17. Never would have thought that would happen. Never, never, never. Bills 34, 49ers 24. I got this one correct. I love the Bills. Defense is good. Josh Allen is a good quarterback, making big-time plays, showing his worth. I just love the Bills. 49ers cool. They've had a lot of COVID-19 and injury problems. I think they've started like 49 or 50 players this season, which is crazy, 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 crazy. I don't know how you're expected to win games when you don't know who you're going to have in the game. And previously mentioned Tuesday's game, the Ravens-Cowboys, 34-17 Baltimore victory. I picked that one correct, but it was a cool quarterback battle. Andy Dalton for the Cowboys, who of course is Dak Prescott's backup who got hurt. Early on in the season, I think week six or seven, 285 yards, two touchdowns by Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, the reigning MVP, passed for 107 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, but he also rushed for 94 yards and a touchdown. Three touchdowns, over 200 yards, and crushed the Cowboys 34-17. So for the week, with the wrap-up on Tuesday, I went eight and six. That is awful. I don't like it. I like to have at least 10 wins. Did not happen. Hopefully we can bounce back week 14. With tomorrow being Thursday, we'll start there. I mean, we're already here week 14. We got a day break in between, which was today. It's going so fast, so fast. But it is cool having football almost four days. Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Nuts. It's nuts. But I love it. Thursday's game. Patriots at the Rams. I'm going to go Rams. Like I said, Patriots so hot and cold. 
Rams are a good team. Good defense, good offense. I'm going Los Angeles. Houston Texans at Chicago Bears on Sunday. I don't... Oof. The Bears could have beat the Lions. Texans have had momentum. Probably mad that they fumbled the last segment of the game against the Colts this past week. I'm going Texans. I don't know who I'm going to pick the Bears to beat at the end of the season. Like, they're not playing well. They look awful. I'm going Texans. Cowboys of Dallas at Bengals of Cincinnati. I'm going Cowboys. Bengals are beat up. Cowboys are playing okay. Not like great winning football, but I think enough to beat the Bengals. This is going to be a tough one here. Kansas City Chiefs at Miami Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. I love the Chiefs. You know, not as much as the Bears. I got to still say, even though the Bears are losing, not playing good football, I will always be a Bears fan before anybody else. But there are other teams I like, I like to watch, and I will say I love, like Kansas City and Miami. I'm going to go Chiefs just because I don't want to pick against Patrick Mahomes. The man, the man is a monster, best player in the NFL. Arizona Cardinals at New York Giants. I'm going to go Cardinals, but I'm not really confident about this. Giants are playing better football than they were all season, even though they had a lot of injuries. They had a backup quarterback last week. Saquon Barkley got hurt against the Bears in like week three or four. They're playing beat up. I'm going to go Cardinals. Minnesota Vikings at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With the way the Vikings played against the Jags, I have to go Bucks. They're coming off a bye week. Tom Brady and that explosive offense. I'm going Buccaneers. Denver Broncos at Carolina Panthers. The Broncos played the Chiefs really tough this past week. And if they play anything like that, they're going to beat the Panthers. I'm going Denver. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. This is kind of scary. Titans have not been playing good football. Losing to seems like everybody they play the last three or four weeks. Jaguars have been in games, been close, but can't pull it out. I'm going to go Titans just because. I mean, I don't want to go against Derrick Henry. Jaguars are not shocking, surprising. You know, Browns had a chance in that game, in my mind, like before, like they could win. I don't know about that with Jacksonville. I'm going to go the Titans. Indianapolis Colts at Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go Colts. I like what they're trying to do. Phillip Rivers has been way better than I thought he would be. And, yeah, I got to go them over the Raiders. Closet Raiders fan this year thought they were going to be better. But then they break my heart and they saddened me. They saddened me very much. New York Jets at Seattle Seahawks. Man, Jets have been playing close to everybody. Seahawks have been struggling offensively. I'm going to take the Seahawks just because I don't want them to be the team that the Jets beat for the first victory of the season. I'm a Russell Wilson fan. I think he is a great quarterback, top three to five player in the league. I'm going to go Seahawks, hoping that they can put things together back in place. Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. Bears should have never lost to the Lions. Packers won't. Picking the Packers. New Orleans Saints at Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are trash. I do not like them at all. New Orleans is playing really well. Taysom Hill, the backup quarterback coming in for Drew Brees, who has tons of broken ribs, fractured ribs. He's been playing really, really good football the last three weeks. Defense has been sharp. I'm going Saints. Atlanta Falcons at Los Angeles Chargers. The egg that the Chargers dropped against the Patriots, who are not a great team. Falcons are not a great team either. Only got four wins. But I'm going to go Falcons over Chargers. I do not see the Chargers pulling that one out. Washington football team at San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers at the beginning of the season, in my mind, were an elite team. COVID-19, injuries, play on the field, can't gel, no cohesion, have not been elite at all. Washington stunned the Steelers last week, and I'm going to pick them to do it again. I'm going to take Washington over 49ers. Speaking of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to lose two in a row. I'm going to go Bills. Bills are playing great football. Defense looks awesome. Josh Allen's awesome. I'm going Bills. And then Monday night's game, Baltimore Ravens at Cleveland Browns. Baltimore's won games, but they've been close. They've been ugly. They're not wallowing anybody right now. And I had them as an elite team too. I don't think they're elite anymore. Browns. I've been playing great football. 
were crushing the Tennessee Titans this week and won the game. I'm going Browns. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns to defeat the Baltimore Ravens. I just said that like that because I never thought I would say those words in my life. On this show, we have Ski Hartman from Shimmer and Mendota Ford. Great guests, great chats. Find out a lot about the dealership on the show. And we are happy, more than happy, to have them as a sponsor, advertising partner with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The football segment was just brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. It's December, end of a treacherous 2020, but have no fear. Mendota Ford wants to usher in a better 2021 with an end of the year sale like never before. New management leads the team into the new year as Ski Hartman brings 10 years of experience with a pressure-free, no-hassle approach for your buying experience. Ski and I talk about this a lot in this episode because I just bought a car, a 2017 Chevy Malibu from the Mendota Ford team in mid-November. It was a great experience. I had no issues whatsoever. I wasn't weirded out about their business practices or anything. I didn't feel like I was getting scammed or schemed or nothing like that. I kind of felt like, hey, this is a cool place. These people are cool. This should be good business. And it is. I love the car. I would do it again. I'm going to do it again if I have to. But I'm going to ride this car that they sold me that I love so much as long as I can. You want the same kind of experience that I had. Still have a smile on my face as I talk about my Malibu right now. Go visit my friends, Ski, Jason, Tony, Doug, at Shimmer Ford, located just south of Mendota, so you can get that experience too, so they can become your friends. Because they will. They're good guys. Friendly. They want more friends too. They don't just want to sell cars. They want to build bonds and add you as a friend. Contact them. 815-539-9314 or visit MendotaFord.com. The last two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, has been the Big Ten ACC Challenge for Men's College Basketball. I love this challenge. Big Ten, my favorite. From Illinois, right around Michigan, right around Iowa, right around Indiana, right around Wisconsin. I've been to a lot of the campuses of the colleges that are in the Big Ten. Always love this. Always, always, always. And how do you not love it when on Tuesday, Illinois beats Duke 83-68. There are not a lot of times that a Fighting Illini fan or a sports writer or a podcaster can say, Illinois beat Duke. Illinois ranked number six in the country right now, Duke number 10. And I watched some of this game with my jaw open kind of, because I was not expecting this at all. I wanted Illinois to win, don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them to tear up the season, tear up NCAA tournament, and maybe play for a championship. I would love to see that happen. Love, 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 love. But Duke has got this aura. Like that's Coach K, that's Duke, that's the Blue Devils. They have that. They'll always have that as long as Coach K is there. So when you see the score 83-68, You're probably thinking it's reversed. Duke got the victory. No, not this year. Not this time. Illinois knocking off Duke. I just want to say it again because I love it. Guard for Illinois. Ayo Desunmu. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. That dude is like a triple-double or close to a triple-double every game. Love watching his game. He's amazing. For Duke, forward Matthew Hurt. 19 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal. Before I go and say all the games on Tuesday... The Big Ten beat the ACC in six of the seven games on Tuesday. Fantastic. Started it off right. Well, then we get to Wednesday's games. Three of them were postponed because of COVID, and the ACC took all four of the games played. So, really, it was 6-5 between the two days. Who knows what happens with the three games that were postponed. I would love to say Big Ten takes it because there were some loaded Big Ten teams in the games that were postponed, but coulda, woulda, shoulda. 6-5, Big Ten still takes it. I'll take it. I like it. like it a lot. Also on Tuesday, Iowa, number three in the country, 
defeated North Carolina number 16, 93-80. Again, not something you would see every day. North Carolina, a basketball treasure, right up there with Duke. Those are the two teams, when you think college basketball, they're 1A, 1B. Depending on who you like, where you're from, whatever. But it's Duke and North Carolina, knocked off by Illinois and Iowa. Iowa is tough. I could see them playing for a championship as well. In this game, guard Joe Weiskamp, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, doing it all. Penn State knocked off number 15, Virginia Tech, 75-55. 20-point victory over the number 15 team in the country. I love it, Penn State. Love it. Number 21, Rutgers, defeated Syracuse, 79-69. Ohio State, who is 22nd in the country, defeated Notre Dame, 90-85. I like seeing that. Sort of kind of a fan of Notre Dame, but I like when Big Ten teams beat them. I love it. Miami defeated Purdue, 58-54. That was the lone ACC win on Tuesday. In overtime, Minnesota defeated Boston College, 85-80. That's how we got the 6-1 for Tuesday. On Wednesday, ACC took all four of these games. Clemson defeated Maryland, 67-51. Georgia Tech knocked off Nebraska, 75-64. In overtime, number 20, Florida State beat Indiana, 69-67. Pittsburgh just beat Northwestern, 71-70. So close games. They're fun to watch. I checked out a couple of them. I seen a little bit of the... Pittsburgh Northwestern game and I've seen probably like two to five minutes of Clemson and Maryland. The games that were postponed, number four Michigan State against 18 Virginia, North Carolina State at Michigan was postponed, and number 25 in the country Louisville against number 13 Wisconsin. Would have loved to see Louisville and Wisconsin, would have loved to see Michigan State and Virginia, love coach Tom Izzo for the Spartans, those were postponed. And we'll have to wait to see him another day, another time. Speaking of another day, another time, we are kind of running out of days, out of time to work on your home. Because summer came and went, fall's over, it's now winter. There's still a little bit of time to get these improvements done before there's snow, before there's ice, before nobody wants to travel, before nobody wants people in their home fixing things. So until that happens, until Mother Nature says no, no more home renovations, no more construction. Olsa Construction is here, working hard to help its customers beat the storm, beat the weather. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels, with COVID-19 making it hard to celebrate the holidays, this may be a great time to make your home as comfortable and cozy as possible. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. Now it is time for the deep dive. One of my favorite segments, favorite things that doing here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Take an album, dive into it, find out about the artist, find out about this music, the era, the aura, the time, the everything. Love doing this. And we started something new with this one. We are deep diving into Suicide. That's the name of the band. Suicide. (laughs) So the band Suicide put out a self-titled album, 1977. It was their first studio album. And we jumped into it. Why, you ask? Why pick this random album from 1977? With this, we are diving into Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time. So, I took the bottom four, 500, 499, 498, and 497, and put them on polls on Twitter and Facebook, 
and this is what we got. I am going to do that all the way to the top. So please join us in this. Vote. Help decide what albums we should listen to and discuss and dive into. So 1977, music scene is a lot different than 2020. Definitely a lot different. Suicide is classified as a punk rock electronic band. And yeah, you can hear it. It's punky, synthesizers, drum machines. And what I didn't know is that they kind of pioneered the sound. This is not a crazy popular band. You've probably never heard of Suicide. I had never heard of Suicide. But behind the scenes, what they did on this album kind of pioneered, created, constructed something different that hadn't been heard and other people took ideas from them and created some music that we're all very familiar with. They did that. So they changed a sound without being popular themselves, but changed sound, changed music. Suicide is from New York. They started in 1970 and quit making music together in 2016. Suicide is actually only two people. On vocals is Alan Vega and instrumentals is Martin Red. Doing a little bit of research, they say the name Suicide came from Ghostwriter, which was a comic book. One of the Ghostwriter comic books had Suicide in the title and Alan and Martin decided, hey, that's going to be our name, Suicide. This album, Suicide, was the first of five albums for the band. The album Suicide, Entertainment Weekly said it was a landmark of electronic music. All Time Music, a magazine, said that Suicide put the blueprints for post-punk, synth-pop, and industrial rock. Like I said, calling them pioneers. This album, Suicide, 1977, was recorded in four days. That's it. Four days. It is seven songs, 32 minutes, and four seconds. A quick listen. If you put music on in the shower, you get dressed, and you're ready to leave for work, you can listen to this whole album. Seriously. 32 minutes, 4 seconds. As you're getting ready for work, you can listen to the whole album. I did it three times, so I know you can do it. I listened to it when I was at the gym. I listened to the whole CD once, and then I think another two or three tracks as I was at the gym. So quick listen, but there's a huge but here. I said that Suicide wasn't a crazy popular band and this album wasn't either. Besides being called Pioneer, it was kind of like an afterthought thing. When it first came out, nobody was like, hey, let's go get this, let's buy this, let's listen to this. It's kind of one of those cult things. Somebody listened to it and decided, hey, this is cool. And then that little group was like, hey, we could do things with this and took ideas from it. Kind of what Suicide was, at least this album. It did not chart in the US. It did in the UK, but not very high. Did not crack the top 100. So it's kind of an album like, hey, I understand why it was at the very, 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 very bottom of the best 500 albums ever. And if they redo the list, which the Rolling Stone magazine redid this list in September of 2020, I can see it not being on the next one. I mean, let's face it, Suicide Suicide was 498 on this list, passing Arcade Fire's Funeral, which was number 500 on the list. 499 was Rufus and Shaka Khan's Ask Rufus. And then 497, one place ahead or lower, however you want to look at it, of Suicide, was an album called The Indestructible Beat of Soledo by a bunch of various artists. So, if they redo this list in 5-10 years, I could totally see Suicide being knocked off. And to be honest, obviously not surprised, and I would be glad. Not my kind of music. I like punk, I like rock, like I listen to it. Not all the time, not everywhere. Not something I'm gonna jam out to, but I can handle it and listen to it and appreciate the music. I didn't really appreciate this, I really didn't. To me it was a bunch of screeching and weird sound effects and noises and there was some cool synth work, some cool drum beat machine work that you can see developed further in other music, other styles. These guys, part of Pioneer Group, did some cool stuff with it, but as in songs and in this album, not my thing. I kind of hated it. 
I listened to it a few times just so I could get my honest opinion and I didn't want to say I hated it without fully hating it, without fully listening to it. But I will not listen to this again. There is no song of the seven songs that are on a Spotify playlist of mine or that are ever going to meet a Spotify playlist of mine. Obviously, I hated this so much, I didn't even rank the songs. I'm not going to. The first song, Ghost Rider, probably, if I had to say a favorite, would be that. It starts the album like, okay, maybe I can get into this. It's cool, a little up with the motivation, you know, dance a little bit, not a little bit, and then not. Like, that's how all these songs were. Like, you could feel it, and then you couldn't. I don't know if just the scene is so different in 2020 than it was in 1977. I'm sure if I was a punk rock emo goth guy in New York in 1977, you know, I love this. But in 2020, where I'm not, kind of a city kid, kind of a rural kid, kind of been all over the place, listen to everything, I won't listen to this. And that song was okay, the best out of bad. That's the good way to put it, the best out of bad. The best out of seven evils, we'll call it that. Second was Rocket USA, tambourines, synth machines, you hear it. There's also a lot of weird noises like, like a lot of that in there. I can't get behind that. I don't even know if that's music. I don't even know what that is. Three was Cherie, which was the only single off of this album. And it's a love song, sort of, saying, hey, Cherie, I love you. You hear the instruments like a block and tambourines again. So they were using different instruments for different sounds, which is cool. I like that. Like I said, pioneers of music, music-wise, in little chunks like a full song no to me i don't know how they call that pioneering but what they were able to do with certain with certain instruments or certain machines at certain times they did cool things with the blocks like you know tapping a block for that block sound i don't know how else to explain it to you and tambourines was cool in the background of this punk rock sound four was johnny johnny's looking for love he's a tough guy where's it going I got that out of the song, but still didn't like it. Didn't like the music, didn't like anything to do with it. Five was Girl, there's seductive noises. It's kind of like you're on a site of a porn movie. Yeah, 1977 Triple X movie may have this as the theme song or the backdrop. Six, Frankie Teardrop. I mean, here's the main words that they say in here. Frankie's dead, Frankie's dying. It's very weird, got more weird noises. The synthesizer, the way they used that was very weird. Just a weird, weird song. Seven was Che, again, since, and that's it. There's no melody, there's nothing else. It was garbage. I never wanna put down a work of art, but I gotta be honest and gotta be real. That's why we're doing these deep dives. This album was garbage. Don't even know how it made the top 500 albums of all time for the Rolling Stone magazine, maybe because they did do some cool music things and they're viewed as pioneers in that. But overall, I could never listen to this again. And I don't really know anybody that's driving around in their cars or sitting home listening to music to anything that sounds like this. So, the deep dives that I've done so far, Nas, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Hardy, Dire Straits, this right here, Suicide, by far the worst. If they have another album on this top 500 list, I am hoping and praying that you are not going to vote for it. <laughs> Seriously, please don't, please don't. And now you might just so I have to listen to this again. Thank you for listening to another deep dive. I guess proving to you that we're gonna listen to everything whether we like it or not and give you what we think. And here's one that, not a popular album, not a great, piece of music to me. I didn't listen to it if you want to and decide what you think. That's what's cool about these. Say my opinion, you say your opinions, and the world is awesome and still goes around in a circle. Or if you still think it's flat, then we just keep being flat, however you think the world is. Thank you for listening to another episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This was episode 143. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and the rss.com backslash podcast backslash edge of your seat podcast website 
So it's like all of our shows are there, just like they are on Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes. We have great guests lined up. Please keep following Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, to see who we have next and when we have it. Again, much love. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace. I thought I had to say ready again. We just said ready like four times, maybe like ten times to make sure we were ready. Ready, ready for this podcast. Gotta be ready. Gotta be ready. And if you heard the other voice, that is my guest today, Ski Hartman. My man, how's it going? Good, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I am very happy to have you on. I know you're driving between Mendota and Princeton from work to home. Hopefully you drive safe and don't get in any accident, but you're at least talking to us. I appreciate that. No problem, yeah. I uh, make sure that I don't hit any deer this time of year. That's the big thing. Oh, I bet. Have you hit any deers out there in Princeton? I've hit two in my life. I hit one in Spring Valley and then one right by my parents' house in Tiscawa. So are you originally from Tiscawa, Princeton area? Well, actually, I was born in Ames, Iowa. Lived there until I was five, and then we moved to Anawan for like six months. And then I've lived in Princeton, basically Princeton, since 1984. So I'm not trying to make you feel old by any means. But you've lived in Princeton. <laughs> you've lived in Princeton longer than I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot older. But I just think I'm wiser, right? Yeah, yeah. Wiser. We'll go with that. I like it. <laughs> I grew up in the motorcycle business. My dad owned a motorcycle dealership in Iowa. And then he closed it and opened one in Illinois. So I grew up in the motorcycle business, racing motorcycles my whole life. And then in 2010, when the uh, the market crashed, most of the motorcycle dealerships went out of business. So I switched to the car business. I went to Spring Valley Ford. I worked there pretty much on and off for 10 years until I just got moved up here to Mendota, to Shimmer Mendota Ford, to uh, be the general sales and finance manager up here. Thank you for the beautiful transition. I was just about to get to that. While you're on the show, you are... The man in Mendota Ford. That is correct, yes. I've been in sales, I've been in service, I've worked in parts a little bit. I worked at all the Shimmer dealerships, the GM dealership, the Ford dealership in Peru, mainly in Spring Valley. The last couple of years, I've been the finance manager in Spring Valley. Been the top, if not the top, right next to the top in every month for finance guys in the whole Shimmer group. So, got the opportunity to come up here and Work with the guys here, Jason, Tony, and now Doug, too, at uh, Shimmer Mendota Ford. It's, it's been a fun six, eight months since I've been up here and really like it up here. What was the reason for the move? You just wanted new scenery. There was the opportunity in Mendota. What made you make the move? Uh, it's kind of a combination of everything. It was an opportunity to advance within the Shimmer group, um, which I definitely always looking to advance and better myself and better the company. I was very successful, like I said, in the, in the finance department and the sales department in uh, Spring Valley. They already had a general manager there, and uh, Nick Oregon was general managing both stores up here, and it just got to be too much for him. So they were looking for somebody to take over the Ford dealership, and I was the guy for the job. So, so you welcomed it with opening arms. Absolutely. Now that you're in Mendota, are you glad you're there? You said that it's been fun so far in the last six to eight months, but are you cool with the commute? Are you cool working in Mendota? Yeah, the commute's not, not as bad as, as you'd think. I mean, Princeton to Spring Valley is about 15 minutes. Princeton to Mendota is about 30. So it's not like it's not like I'm driving an hour or two hours to work like I did in the motorcycle business for a long time. It gives you like that nice half hour drive home to just kind of calm down and leave everything from work at work and then when I get home I'm you know calm down and can take care of my kids and spend time with my family and stuff everybody that listens to this show well maybe not everybody if you're a late listener but listeners from the beginning will know Tony Milas was a co-host for a while but his work schedule my work schedule did not work out he's been on here a couple times since then as a guest how is it working with him? Do you have to yell at him a lot? Not as much as you think I would. No, Tony's good. Like I said, I got a good staff. Tony and Jason both been with the company for a long time, been at that dealership for a long time. 
they've made the transition pretty easy. And then, uh, like I said, we just brought in uh, Doug Safranek to join us and help with the sales department as well. So, And then our office manager, Trisha, she was my office manager at Spring Valley for uh, a couple years. really like working with her. She's very good at her job, very personable, and just makes it makes it easy for me to do my job. Helps me with a lot of stuff. Gotcha. What is kind of cool is when I walked in there, I bought a car from you guys uh, middle of November, and it was like I knew everybody. I played basketball with Doug. Me and Tony have been friends for over 20 years. Me and Jason have been friends for probably like 15 to 20. And I knew you from Princeton Wrestling. So it was like I was part of the family as soon as I walked in the doors. Yeah, and that's the atmosphere that we like to have. I mean, not everybody knows all of us when we we walk in, but we want them to walk out thinking that they are part of the Shimmer Automotive family because we don't want to just have a customer buy one car from us. We want a customer to buy every car from us and tell all their friends and tell all their family that they bought a car from us and that it was a great experience with a great price, good selection, you know, and great customer service. And that's also part of why we do a referral program, too. The Shimmer Group has a really good referral program where if you refer a customer to the dealership and they buy a car, we send you a check. Since you bought a car from us, if you send me a family member or a friend, or even if you want to mention that you heard us on this podcast, I'll send you a check for them buying a car. Hey, I'll take that. I hope the listeners heard that. Buy a car from them. I'll get a check. I'll split it with you. See? (laughs) Absolutely. I would totally do that, though. If they told you, heard about this on Edge of Your Seat podcast, you cut me a check. I'm going to ask you who it was, and we'll split it. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool, too. We did a program when I was down at Spring Valley where whoever got the most comments or likes on a video on Facebook, the boss was buying the, that person dinner. So our salesman down there said, hey, if I win this contest, you know, if you come buy this car, I'll buy you the dinner instead of taking it myself. So that was kind of a cool thing that, that he did down there. So that's just a little stuff that we try to do as a small dealer in a you know in a community like Mendota or Spring Valley. You have to uh, you have to take care of the customers. So where was the dinner at? Rookies? Probably. I don't even remember. This that, was a couple years ago, but it was it was a nice thing. That's the only place that I remember in Spring Valley that has good food. I know there's other ones, but that's the main one that sticks out. Yeah, Rookies has really good food, good atmosphere. But there is quite a few other good places to eat in Spring Valley. Trust me, I worked there for almost 10 years. I know everywhere to eat. (laughs) I bet. I bet. What I liked about my experience with Mendota Ford was it might be because I knew everybody. And I'll ask you about that and you can, you know, talk about that. But I didn't feel hassled or, you know, kind of strong-armed into what you guys wanted to sell me. You know, Tony asked me, like, hey, what are you looking for? I told him. I sent him a photo off your website, and i like, I want something like this. If it's not exactly like this, I want a sedan. I want luxury. This is what I want. He showed me a couple things, and he's like, how about this? I'm like, perfect. We worked out something. I'm talking to you, and bam, had the car within, like, three hours. Now, I knew everybody, so it was maybe a little different, but what if somebody new comes in, never seen them before, and they want to buy a car? How do you guys go about your business with that situation actually very similar to what what happened with you customers usually do most of the research on the internet before they even come in so when they come in the dealership they have a pretty good idea of what they want it's just our responsibility to ask the right questions so that we get them in the perfect vehicle there's nothing worse than selling somebody a car and then a week later, they're like, man, I really wish I'd have got this or that option. If we go over all those questions with you ahead of time, we're going to make sure that we get you the car that has everything you want in it and fits all of your needs. Kind of an example of that, we had a guy come in yesterday that wanted a truck. By the time we did our interview and everything with him, we figured out that you know he traveled a lot, was going up to Minnesota and stuff. And the, the gas mileage on the truck was probably not the most beneficial thing for him. So he ended up buying a Fusion from us, which is a, a mid-sized sedan. Kind of like what you got, except the Ford. Gotcha, gotcha. Working for Spring Valley Ford, now Mendota Ford, are you a Ford guy? Oh, absolutely. I could probably have a car dealership in my driveway most of the time. Just uh, off cars uh, that you own? Yeah, just on cars that I own. I have eight children, five of my own, and 
and three stepchildren. We have lots of vehicles in our house, plus my parents buy all their vehicles for me, my, my sister buys their vehicles for me, my niece buys their vehicle for me. So like, if we have a family get together, it's it's just a big blue oval party at our house. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Eight kids, do you live in a shoe? No, <laughs> I live in a mansion almost. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you'd have to. If you're familiar with Princeton, there's a lot of big old houses in Princeton. I have one that's right on uh, Route 6, a couple blocks away from Main Street. It's a 1800s house that had like servant quarters and everything in it. Five bedroom. I mean, it's old, needs a lot of work and, and updating and stuff like that, but it does what I need it to do and I, and I like it, so. It still had like slave quarters and stuff like that? That's super old. Oh yeah. So it's got like, I don't know, back like when the Underground Railroad was going on and stuff like that, you had like, you know, hidden compartments and stuff. We have like, our house is like a maze sometimes. The way you can go from room to room and then we have like a back staircase that leads to uh, just a bedroom that is kind of excluded from everything else. And that's what they called the servant quarters back then. So like somebody would live with you, they'd stay in that room and they and they basically had access to the kitchen, the bathroom, and their bedroom, and that's it. Oh, wow. When you first got into the house, did you start, you know, shoveling up the basement looking for, like, buried gold or treasure or something? No, unfortunately, no. I wish I wish there was stuff in there. I'm hoping that when I redo the walls, maybe they buried something in the walls for me. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I know um, both of us got things we got to do, so... Let's get back to Shimmer Mendota Ford real quick. What is your favorite part of working for the company and just being part of that group? I like the atmosphere that comes with the company. Um, Kim and Jeff are really great uh, owners to work for. The other general managers, we all work together. There's not the, you know, the backstabbing and stuff like that that happens. You know, the salesmen at the other dealerships are friends with the salesmen at these dealerships, you know, I, I've worked with most of the guys that work at, well, all the guys that work at Spring Valley and most of the guys that work at Peru, most of the guys that work with GM. So, I mean, perfect example, the reason why we're talking so late is I had to go over to the GM store and help them out with a deal today because they, uh, they had a COVID mishap with a couple of their employees, so... Okay, so you're doing some double duty helping out another branch, I guess. Yeah. And that is something cool, too. Like, I really got my car from Shimmer GM, your next-door neighbor, but since I was talking to Tony and you, I got it from you guys, even though it was a car off a different lot. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, so we have the access, being part of the Shimmer group, we have the access to sell you any car on any of the four lots. If you see a car that's in Spring Valley or in Peru or even next door, you can buy it from Jason, Tony, Doug, or myself. Get the Shimmer Mendota Ford atmosphere, but we have the selection of all, all the four dealerships. Okay, that's pretty cool. So really, you can sell any car you want to. <laughs> really. Well, yeah, and plus, like, I buy the cars for our dealership at the auction, so if there's something you're looking for and we don't have it on any of the lots, I'll find it for you. So, if, like you said, if we didn't have the perfect car that you wanted, Tony would have came to me and said, hey, my boss buy this car, can you find it for him? And I'd find it, we'd buy it, and then you get the same treatment that you got as buying the car off our lot. Okay, okay. So, in other words, you're ready to help people get a car. Absolutely. You know, figured we got to throw in a ready. We haven't said it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we are ready to sell you a car. And talking to you before, what is Mendota Ford's, like, motto? What is, what you kind of guys live by, I guess? Well, we are a community dealership that is here for you. So, what that means is... We are active in the community. Um, I know Tony does coaching. Jason's done coaching. I've coached in my, in Princeton. I plan to hopefully coach in Mendota when I can. We support the community. We support the establishments that support us. We shop local. We do business with local businesses. And then 
we are here for you just means we're here to help you. Like I said, to make sure that you're getting the right vehicle, make sure you're getting a fair price, make sure that your car is ready to go, full tank of gas, clean, just whatever it needs to be done, we're doing it. Perfect. I like it. I like it. Next time you're on, hopefully there will be a next time. Is there going to be a next time, Ski? Oh, absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> so when we're ready to do this again, we will talk more <laughs> about sports. You have a crazy wrestling background, a crazy racing background. But I also know you're a Minnesota Vikings fan and football season happening right now. Oh, Minnesota got a, a nice little win on Sunday. Did you watch the game? Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason why I have direct TV. It's for NFL Sunday ticket. <laughs> so you're like, hey, I'm not missing a game. I'm getting this. Every game. Nice. Well, let's play a little game before I let you get out of here called Now and Then. We're going to go with Minnesota Vikings, your favorite football team. Is that your favorite sports team of all or just football? I'm a huge Iowa Hawkeyes fan, so it's pretty close between the Hawkeyes and the Vikings. And we can talk about how they probably got um, left behind or forgotten about the uh, Big Ten West Championship there. Oh, yeah. That, we, don't, we don't have time for that, but we can definitely get into that next time we talk. Perfect. We will. All right, let's get back to the game. We're doing all these side things now because I want to keep talking. <laughs> let's talk <laughs> now and then Minnesota Vikings. So who is your all-time favorite player with the Minnesota Vikings? Well, for me, it's two players. It's Randy Moss and Chris Carter, which I don't think there's a better one-two combination of wide receivers ever in the history of the NFL. No, they were pretty awesome. The only one that maybe would be Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens. Maybe, maybe. But I would still go Carter and Moss. They were amazing. You, you had everything. You had the route running, the speed, the size. You know, the blocking, the, the football knowledge between the two of them. And, I mean, they made racks that work good look really good. Who is your favorite Viking now? Now, um, offensive side of the ball, it's got to be Dalvin Cook. How do, you, how do you not say the best running back in the NFL right now is probably Dalvin Cook all around. His catch, pass catching ability, his blocking, his rushing. Chicago Bears fan through and through all day every day but I do not hate yeah, nobody's them perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect <laughs> but I do not hate them like I hate the Packers like I cannot stand the Packers probably hate them more than any sports organization out there Vikings are okay I don't hate them don't love them yeah and I'm the same way I'm not I'm not like one of those haters at all I don't hate any other team even the Packers I don't hate them I mean Aaron Rodgers Brett Favre great quarterbacks you know and I hate that they beat the Vikings as much as they do. I mean, not as much as they beat the Bears, but as much as they do, you know. Now you're throwing jabs, my friend. <laughs> I have to throw a little jab in there. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I would, too. If the Bears could win any games, I would do it, too. But uh, after going 5-1, and one, we know what's happened since then. Oh, yeah. If you got a couple more minutes, I just got, you know, like you're saying about hating and stuff. Um... I worked in Libertyville, Illinois, for a year and a half, and when I was up there, I actually sold motorcycles and ATVs and stuff to a bunch of Bears players the year they went to the Super Bowl and fight the Colts. So that was kind of a cool experience to have. I've got a bunch of pictures of myself with them and a bunch of autograph stuff. Devin Hester, he'd answer the phone if I called him. Cedric Benson bought three things from us. I mean... The list was on. I was actually at Tank Johnson's house the week before they raided it for this gun thing. Oh, no way. Yeah, he bought a four-wheeler from me and I delivered it to his house. <laughs> and then two weeks later, he's raided. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, at least you weren't there then. Yeah, but <laughs> 
Well, Ski, we have many, many more stories to tell next time you get on the podcast. Drive safe. We will do this again. Thank you for sharing a word. Our new sponsor, Shimmer Mendota Ford. Thanks, my friend. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. And yes, we will definitely talk soon. And I'll be a lot more readier than I was this time. Hey, you're a busy man. You're making money. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. You have a good night. And thanks to all the listeners for listening in. And come see us. Try to get the same treatment that you got at Shimmer Mendota Ford.